1: Good evening everyone and welcome to Ghost Chronicles, what are we now? Next generation, the second hour of Ghost Chronicles Radio. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, the unbelievable, the mystical, the magical, the macabre, New England's own Van Helsink. And with me is the lovely blonde bombshell herself, Ann Kerrigan.
2: And good evening everybody. How are we Mm. all doing?
1: We all, I don't know. We all. (laughs) <laughs> are you picking up southern asks
2: yeah i know yeah. right Fine. just like that just
1: like you're that. A, you're right. a asshole just like the rest of us
2: yeah i know <laughs> I go anyway the, the the bar
1: <laughs> the bar in our car
2: in the car yeah
1: but. so anyway we do have a, a true southerner on our show today so <laughs> i will have to behave myself uh Bye. because they are also nice and Thing. She is a, uh, a uh, well, I guess, it, well, why don't we ask her what she Spit is? Spit
2: it out, Ron.
1: <laughs> I, so, I mean, first of all, I can't say her last name. So joining us now is Erica. So, Bissar Oh, sure.
3: My last ah. name is Bissar Haney, and I am a chocolate, wonderful, fabulous, psychic <laughs> medium that lives in the south in Pensacola,
2: Florida. There you are.
1: Welcome to the show.
2: Usar Haney.
1: (laughs) Thank
2: you. Usar Haney.
1: Yeah, better you than that. Is that
2: right? Okay. I had it right except the E on the end. I didn't pronounce the E.
1: And your group is uh, Second Sight uh, Paranormal, correct?
2: Yes, we're Second
1: Sight Paranormal and Forensic Services. Oh, and Forensic. I forgot that part. So first thing, right off the bat, i got to get this out of my head because (laughs) it just cracked me up. Is uh, it was your group uh, formed in honor of the uh, the third Ghostbuster movie because uh, it's a looks the photo she has is an all-girl team with their token male uh, guy on there so I, I wasn't sure if that's what you you guys were formed from. Well, actually,
3: um, I disagree, you know these girls in the south we're bad we're we're not good <laughs> girls, we're not and proper. we're a little bit of New York <laughs> and a little bit of boston okay. um but yeah that that male that's on our team, we actually have two he wasn't he was flying he's a commercial airline pilot oh, okay. he wasn't able to attend the photo shoot, but yeah. yeah, that guy keeps us in line he's our cop um uh, <laughs> radar is our cop on the team, so he makes sure we don't get in any trouble, which is hard for. That a uh, rock star paranormal girl team that posse that we have.
1: <laughs> so uh, That's awesome! I don't know where to start with this, but I, I think <laughs> I'm going to start start with uh, uh, who founded the group and, and why.
3: Well, um, I, Erica Buserhany, the psychic medium, founded the group because I mean I had been doing paracons for years since 2009. Brought you know such wonderful celebrity guests down to Pensacola to investigate our our Pensacola area because um, you know we claim that it is the first settlement in Florida. I own that. Um, we have ghostly white beaches, and it was just the perfect uh, storm with ghosts and beaches and uh, spring break and everything. So I created a paracon back in 2009 and ran it until 2017. Um, and then I was just bored with, you know, I wanted to do something spooky again. We started doing ghost tours here locally with um, Go Retro Tours. And then I was like, hey, let's create a band. But I don't sing. So <laughs> what was next? <laughs> let's create a paranormal team. Uh, so I reached out to a good friend of mine, uh, Richard Johnson and Brian uh um, and he, uh, both of them joined me, and then we started recruiting. Um, and then the team has kind of gone through different changes, and we ended up with literally uh, a crime force to be reckoned with. We have everything mm-hmm. on our a team from attorneys to um, people that have, I mean, most of our people are majored, have majored in criminal justice. And then again, we've oh. got that cop to keep us all in check, oh, wow. which is a hard thing to do
1: funny oh my goodness so second sight paranormal is that uh and i'm I'm, like i'm not going to go through the whole name so i'm going to just call you second sight paranormal for now so excuse me for that but uh are you are you a primarily medium group or, or sensitive group no, we we
3: they just um, so basically I um, feel that our group is pretty much more scientific. Um, however, um, the the group which spun into a TV uh, thing films, uh, it's it basically features us going in and doing a scientific investigation. Um, and then I um, usually love to remote view the locations before we go on site, and then I like to do a walkthrough to kind of uh, see what I feel on site as well. And so the team, um, you know, some of them, other than <laughs> their belief in my abilities, they're very skeptical, criminology, legal, logical-minded folks. Right. Mm-hmm. So even you know, even they are you know trying to sometimes debunk me, <laughs> which I love you know, and so. So um, it is just, an, honestly, it's a great mix. But I would say we're more a scientific group, not so much. I'm thrown in there because I founded the group, mm-hmm. but um, honestly, yeah, they're a totally logical mind. I mean, there could be a ghost standing in front of them, and I'm thinking they'd have to do all kind of checks to make sure it's real before they <laughs> um, literally said it's it's a ghost.
1: That's so. Funny. Wow. Uh, they must they must have some type of belief in it if they decided to get involved in doing what they're doing though right They
3: do. And I think, you know, with the investigators, because, again, most of them have been in crime and and criminal history, um, they're just investigators. I mean, you know, they're skeptical investigators. You know, we'll get things like, uh, you know, a ghost in the house and it turns out we'll do some research and it's a cockroach on a a camera. You know, it's not a ghost. (laughs) So, (laughs) So those things, you know, really upset them. But, yeah, they're definitely believers, but they're not quick to sign on it's, it's haunted unless they
1: get some serious proof.
2: Hmm. So do you, yeah. do you
1: actually declare it as haunted?
3: Uh, We don't go in there and say it's haunted, but you know, if someone asks, you know, like Fort Morgan, uh, we did Fort Morgan and it was um, on Josh Gates expedition X. Um, we we can guarantee and go ahead and go on record and say that place is haunted. We do ghost tours in Pensacola at Seville Quarter, a famous Mm -hmm. hot spot. I can go on record and say that it's haunted. Uh, Many people will say that it's haunted. So we don't go in and uh, seal it haunted or stamp it haunted or seal it cleared or stamp it cleared. But, Mm -hmm. yes, if someone were to ask us if a location is haunted, we could tell them yes or no.
2: Well, definitely, yeah. I mean, I I think most paranormal investigators, like, if you have things happen to you that can't be explained at a certain location, you know, I'd say, hell yeah, it's haunted.
3: (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, I think what what I think has been kind of my pet peeve with that sometimes, especially in the ghost tour business, there could be a ghost that's seen only one time. A mm-hmm. uh, hundred years ago, and all of a sudden, the building is haunted. Yet there is no other activity after that. So, right. and things like that, we have to be really careful. If we say it's haunted, that means it's some activity that you're going to be able to identify and interact with today. <laughs>
1: right. 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 So, well, let me kind of. Do you think that uh, the ghost groups themselves uh, are when, in other words? Do you think other than just a place being haunted that, you know, there may be activity because of the people that are there or the people that investigate it?
3: Yeah. You're almost opening me up for a can of paranormal worms, but yeah, I think think that some people are haunted. Some people go into locations that are mildly haunted and just they're, the energy that they bring are um, sometimes a disrespect. They're going to get it, and they do. <laughs> so, yes, I think that <laughs> I'm not going to throw out any possessed demon uh, names out there in the paranormal. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I honestly think that, yes, yeah, sometimes we have people that are haunted, and sometimes we go into locations that are not so haunted because of. Um, either the person, the team, um, different things that they're going through, even personally, because you know that can also um, change the environment. or their willingness to be possessed or attacked, or yeah, at how well, they antagonize yeah. That's those TV. spirits? Bring I mean, it.
1: You know, I mean, it, it, today, unfortunately, I think a lot of that is created by TV. And, uh, you know, if you look way back in the beginning when the ghost hunters first came out on it and they used to go into place and basically uh, they would uh, either declare it haunted or not. And in the beginning, there were a lot of places they didn't find hauntings in, but it soon became, you know, good TV. It was just everything mm. was haunted and it just got worse and worse. And then eventually, you know, haunting wasn't enough. You have to have demons. And now the the whole world's infested by demons. Evidently, <laughs> uh, if you watch any of the, the TV shows, it's not like you know, uh, you know, it's not howdy doody out there uh, haunting places. No, it's uh, you know, Satan himself.
3: <laughs> yeah. he—he he, Satan is busy these days. He's busier so than Santa Claus. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I think honestly that, you know, um, I, I love those shows and I think they're great. And I love, um, you know, the, the people in the paranormal that bring those shows out. But oh, yeah. unfortunately, there are a lot of people that watch that and, you know, they go looking for some things. And sometimes it's not a demon. They're just going to interact with the spirit that is just as mischievous that wants to scare the crap out of them and (laughs) usually they get that they get exactly what they were asking for and they didn't need a Ouija board to do it
2: (laughs) oh that's funny so Erica how did you begin your journey as a psychic where did that all begin of a Speaking of a medium, bored. <laughs> Uh
3: I, I answered a psychic or medium. Um, so my mom is uh, she. She's actually very intuitive. You know, I always tell a story where you know she used to um, kind of harness her abilities. My grandmother, uh, my mom actually was born in in, in Massachusetts, in Chelsea, Massachusetts. Oh. So she maybe maybe she got her uh, intuition from up there, being born in that area. Um, but my Grandmother also is uh, pretty much rest in peace. Uh, Betty was very psychic. Um, So I think um, basically I got it genetically from both sides of my family. (laughs) And then um, a lot of things happened when I was a little girl. And then when I was in college, um, you know, I got a lot of interactions with dead people and spirits. And so eventually I came out of the psychic closet and wasn't (laughs) afraid of it anymore and started to train. And the rest is history.
2: Wow. Wow. So you afraid of when it first began, we we're scared you didn't know what was happening or we kind of used to it from your mom and your grandma.
3: Oh girl, let's talk about the exorcist. I mean, who watched <laughs> that movie and wanted to see dead people? No, <laughs> the, The exorcist ruined me. I remember um, there was a gentleman by the name of Dr. Spence. I always talk about him. He was my first ghost that I saw sitting on my bed, and then I saw the exorcist, and then any other spirit I saw after that, (laughs) I was convinced was a demon. Oh, no. uh, yeah, I, I was not playing. I wasn't having that. I went, went churchy, like seriously churchy. Like you probably see me in church every week. So I wouldn't see any of those demons because I didn't <laughs> want to get possessed and throw up pea soup. So yeah, the fear, <laughs> the fear was very strong in the, in the Bible belt in the South here for me. Yeah. It took me a long time to, to get over that fear.
1: Mm, wow. Yeah, but Is, is the, Florida really that much of a Bible belt state still? Just in Pensacola, the fir- Have you heard of Florida
3: man and Florida woman? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. There, you know, in the area that I live in, uh, in in Pensacola, in the Gulf Coast, in the Panhandle. Um, yeah, we are considered the Bible Belt for sure.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. understandable. So, you know, I know because there's a lot of transplants, and uh, you know, it's there's a, a great migration from uh, you know Cuba, even with all the Cubans. And I mean, depending on the particular state, because the state is huge. But I know there's a, a great influx of uh, non-Floridians, I guess is the proper term, uh, in there. But anyway, uh, so I guess. I'm kind of curious of, uh, you know, what type of – when you go in your investigations and, and with your team, and do you lead the investigations, or is it more – do you give the information after the fact? How does that work with you?
3: So usually what when we shoot our shows, our second-site paranormal TV shows that are streaming on Paraflix and uh, a lot of your other uh, networks, streaming networks, um, but uh, what usually happens is I'll do a walkthrough, um, and then the team will go in after that. The camera guy usually will film me doing a walkthrough. The team will go set up um, and do their thing, and then uh, we'll show the television uh, or the film. Um, we kind of talk with the homeowners. I have a Don uh, Hope, which we call her Para Barbie. Uh, she's my case manager. So she basically, her job is to get all the details or interview the client, um, and then I will go in not really knowing anything about the history other than what we need to know, um, basically, and I'll just kind of read and talk to the dead people or the spirits. And I try to get a, a understanding of the history, um, not just at this time, but, you know, was it something else many, many years ago? Um, and I have done very well in the South because there's a lot of my ancestry. Um, I think honestly, in a lot of the locations that we go to, and they just love talking to me, so I get a lot of good juicy details.
1: <laughs> so that that leads me to to another point that uh, it, and sometimes with investigation, especially when you have mediums. You might have a lot of spirits that will come in because they realize, OK, someone's trying to contact the other side. I want to be heard and, and they'll drop in. Uh, I call them street ghosts. But uh, you, you might have someone that's, uh, you know, the lights on. So, you know, they, they come in and see what's going on as well. So uh, do you find that in, when you on your investigations where you do have these street ghosts that drop in? Uh, uh, not necessarily the ones that the homeowner or, or, or the property owner is dealing with?
3: Yeah, that happened to uh, me at the Myrtles. We just recently did the Myrtles um, uh, in St. Francisville, Louisiana, um, the mm-hmm. famous most haunted yep. location in the world. And um, I was you know, talking to uh, some of the children, and all of a sudden – Um, I started seeing Native Americans that were not on that property that were a little further, but they dropped in because the light was open, and um, they came in and told me a little bit about um, the burial remains that were not on the property, and they were clear about that. They were like, our burial grounds are not on this property. It's a little further over to the left. (laughs) Um, And so they were kind of like, you know, if you want to think about that. um, And I've had situations, too, where I'll be like six cents. I'll be in a car, and all of a sudden, I'll be driving. And I'll hear I died there. I died right there. Um, That happened to me. Um, And then later on down the street, I saw a a memorial against the side of the road. Um, I've been in the hospital and someone just recently died. And, you know, I call them kind of hitchhiker ghosts. Sometimes they followed me home. So Mm -hmm. I have to be very, um, very tough with my mediumship boundaries, especially when it comes to my house.
1: Okay. Wow. Do you do you yeah. use any type of protection at all for yourself or for your I team? karate
3: chop. <laughs> uh, I do besides that. I do I do uh, frankincense. Uh, I love frankincense and myrrh. I use Sacred Angel from Young Living. A friend of mine, Alicia A. Hall, sells Young Living, and she gives me her uh, Sacred Angel, which is a, uh, um, a mixture. But I do also burn a lot of um, frankincense and myrrh and copal, um, palisanto, prayer. Um, I have... Uh, it's funny because when I used to travel about ten years ago, I, every priest I would meet on my journeys—Father Long, um, all these different preachers, priests—I would always tell them to bless me, uh, give me a blessed medallion, and I have a collection of those that I keep around to keep me safe.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Yeah. So, what religion were you raised at?
3: I was raised Baptist. Baptist
1: oh, in the wow. South. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. There you go. Mm-hmm. So I remember one time when oh years ago when I first started the show, probably about that's got to be close nineteen years when I had them on and they were all Baptists, uh, ghost hunting team. But they didn't call themselves a ghost hunting team. They didn't believe in ghosts. They believed when you died, you either went to heaven or you went to hell, and. uh they they were a demon team because they figure if there was anything here it must be demons. Uh, is is that accurate or inaccurate?
3: I totally disagree with that. Um, okay. I in my in my belief system I think what I bring to the paranormal is the simplicity of it. I have been told that I make it unscary. Um, and I think I encourage and empower people to listen and talk to their loved ones, that they're not demons. They're they're not uh, incarnate demons that are whispering to us, that are telling us falsehoods. They're your loved ones who want to let you know that they're okay and that they love you and that there is a place that they go. They're just out of a physical shell. They're a spiritual shell, and they interact with us every day and send us a 100 zillion signs in our lifetime. If we're able to stop and pay attention to it, and what I kind of say that I am now is because I, in, in doing readings, I can tell you I learned to do the Catholic cross uh, over the shoulder um, because I've read so many people of different religions, and so now I call myself one of those hippie spiritual girls um, <laughs> because I don't really, <laughs> I don't really say that I'm Baptist. I, I would say that I'm spiritual with a strong Christian roots, um, but I dabble in a little bit of anything um, that will basically help me help the client. So we have on our team a witch, we have on our team uh, a Catholic, me, um, spiritual. We have all different faiths because we need to help our client in their, in their um, spiritual path. So we have helped people that are wicked. We've done cleansings um, that way. We've done uh, we've done the priest thing. <laughs> we've gone around and did that. We've done the Native American thing. When we go out, we don't press upon our belief system. We work with your belief system because that is the way that we, we're going to bring peace to your environment, whether it's your
1: business or home, to empower so, you. So you, when you do an investigation, you do more than an investigation. You actually do clearing, too.
3: Oh, yes. So what we will okay. do if the, if the homeowner wants us to is I wouldn't say that we clear because I believe that um, spirits have free will to come and go. We don't control them and we don't own them like a lot of people wish they did. Mm-hmm. Um, their pocket spirit, you know, in their house. Um, yeah, what we usually do, we'll do um, a clearing or cleansing per se, and then we'll ask the homeowner, empower them to try to learn and understand what is haunting their house. And we had a very successful thing with, um, there was a doctor who committed suicide. He had um, started a whole bunch of uh, hospitals, and there were a lot of deaths. And as the years went, um, the hospital kind of uh, was about to get shut down. And I guess some other things happened. So he went to a local park and shot himself and committed suicide. The house... Mm -hmm had been haunted for years. Everybody that went in there basically was, you know, tormented by this doctor. So I went in with the team. We figured out what was going on with the homeowner. She was like me. She was a lady boss, um, and he (laughs) did not like it. He wanted her to be traditional. He wanted her husband to run the roost it was not happening so they had a talk. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh S- Sabrina uh on the team did a clearing. Uh she she's uh not with us anymore, but she was uh, she did a wonderful clearing with the family and restored peace to the home. But it took a whole village to do it. It wasn't something that I think they could have done themselves because they didn't even know why he was haunting them. Mm-hmm.
2: Hmm. That's that's really unusual. Uh, so did he so he eventually he went? <laughs> Un- I don't believe. believe
3: he went. <laughs> he didn't go um on that same property. He uh lost his grandson. His grandson actually got uh the story is that his son uh was trying to uh shellac the floors And there was a fire, and his grandson got burned, I think, 80% of his body, Uh um, and went into a hospital and died. So he didn't Uh die on the the premises, but that father and that grandfather always blamed himself. She had two small children. She had a girl and a boy, and I could see him watching the children. He was very protective over them. He wanted Uh her to be more maternal and to let them play outside and do all these things. Once she compromised and did those things, he stopped making the same noise every night. He would drop things in the house. He, oh. would, he, was, he was literally pushing down on the husband's chest, and he was waking up in the middle of the night gasping for air. Oh, it was no. a crazy thing.
2: Wow. <laughs> yeah,
3: but they, they don't have that anymore. Yeah.
2: That's amazing. Wow.
3: Yeah. It was a fun so- house.
1: Yeah, sound like it. Mm-hmm. So what type of uh, evidence do you collect and, and how do you correlate it with what's going on in the house?
3: Well, uh, the team specializes in different things. Um, So our researcher, Marian Anderson, she would go and go, she's old school, so she goes down to the library. She's not interested in the computer. Um, (laughs) Valerie and Shannon, they do a lot of our research online. So they're trying to pull up records and do all that kind of stuff. Um, With Dawn, our case manager, she tries to get as much information from the homeowners or businesses, you know, not so much. We don't like a lot of, you know, someone said, they said, we want it from the person. We want first hand knowledge because a lot of times when you hear things over and over again, it gets kind of slated. And then um, Shannon, our lawyer on the team, she digs through records too. Um, and then the guys, they kind of create a technical approach. Uh, Brian is very, very, we call him paragiver. So he, uh, and (laughs) he's kind of become like our lead investigator. So he will kind of like tell us. Um, His job is to tell us where we need to go to set up equipment. But we basically use all the paranormal equipment. We use our bodies. But I love to get EVPs. I love to get responses that we can see on camera. And I also love to educate the homeowner or the business about what really is happening to sit down with them and show them the evidence and then make it not scary and help them coexist with the haunting. If it is haunted, we... If it's not, we tell them, get an assessment. You might be seeing things. Um, you might be hearing things. This is not paranormal. And sometimes yeah. it's explained by electricity. Well, actually, era.
1: Erica, I'm seeing things right now, and I'm seeing that we're queued for the break. So we have to take a break right <laughs> now. Awesome. So you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Anne Aron right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio with our special guest, Erica of Second Sight Paranormal. And we're brought to you by Circles of the Wizard, 386 Merrimack Street, Methua, Massachusetts, the Glant Messier Family Log Group, 15 High Street, not the end of Massachusetts, and our very good friend on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. We'll be right back.
2: Do you have a paranormal event? Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles: Next Generation with Ron and Ann, and our very guest, very special guest this evening, Erica Busarhany of Second Sight Paranormal.
1: Easy for you to say.
2: Yeah, it is. Ha ha. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so. Uh, Erica, you, just before the break, you were talking a little bit about what you do when you're doing investigating and you were talking about EBPs and use all equipment. So what, what type of equipment do you use for your investigations for those uh, members of the team that do use equipment?
3: We use grids, we use spirit boxes, we use um, rim pods, we use a lot of Paranology's equipment that we've gotten. Um, uh, we use video cameras. We even try to use a Tesla every now and then to see if we can uh, help them get more energy to manifest. Um, my my favorite things to use are like the Periscope. Um, we use digital recorders, thermocams, kinetic cameras. Um, we also do things silly, like um, we use cat toys. Um, we have had a lot <laughs> of luck with children. Um, You know, dealing with the cat toys, moving. We had uh, one situation where a spirit in the house, T.W. Finch's house, a girl, a lady, we had a, I think it was a basketball down on the ground, and a spirit rolled that basketball, and I'm looking like, did you just see that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And this was during a ghost tour. This wasn't even during our show. Um, But I think some of my funnest things that we use um, are like our trigger objects. Uh, You know, we have the, the Boo Bear and we have some creepy dolls. Um, but I love that we will use, like at the Myrtles, we use clothing, uh, period clothing for children. We used um, you know, railroad stakes and cigars and medicines and different things that um, would be period of that time in order to see if we could, you know, my thing going to the Myrtles specifically was to see if there was a Chloe, you know, or a Clo. Um, I wanted to kind of dive into that and get my own understanding. And I got a good education on the history, and I really, really, totally loved using some of the trigger objects that we had.
2: Mm-hmm. I would think a basketball would be a great, a great thing to utilize. Like, like how easy is it? it? Like, I would think it'd be easier to move a larger object that kind of gets gravity working for it. You know, uh, yeah. as opposed to like a little light ball that's not going to go very. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. That
3: basketball it rolled uh, quite a, a distance and I was standing there in shock um literally yeah. and it happened more than once and I did get it on camera which was a cool thing.
2: That's very
1: cool. Did That's you cool. did you toss the basketball or, or did it was just sitting there?
3: Uh it was actually just sitting there. It was in okay. front of there was there was a young girl I think she was about 15 years old. She was on uh On an investigation, one of the, uh, we do group investigations with the public, and she was sitting in the middle of the floor, she had the basketball down, and she asked the spirit in the house, and the spirit in this house also pulled a guy out of bed, I mean, it opened the cabinets all at one time, I mean, this was no gentle spirit, Um, the house had been exercised, and she asked it to roll the ball, and the ball rolled. And I was far away from her looking like it's not going to roll. And that ball rolled, oh, and I was in disbelief. Yeah.
2: Wow. That, that is amazing. That's, that's cool. That's like a cool thing. Yeah. And it's such a simple yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it doesn't have to be complicated. It really doesn't. And that's, that's very cool.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That house actually was featured in Newsweek. It was called the T.W. Finch House. It was called. Uh, it was for sale, and it, you could buy a house with the ghost named Fred. Was the title. Mm-hmm. Um, that house was super haunted. Very wow. very very scary.
2: Mm-hmm. Pulled a guy right out of the bed.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah, so we had uh, some guys that were fixing the um, bridge uh, that got destroyed during the hurricane, mm-hmm. and they were living in this bed and breakfast rental. The company bought it for the whole year,
2: mm-hmm. and
3: one of the guys in there upstairs was pulled out of his bed. There, there were so many things that happened in that house, but oh, yeah, he, wow. he moved out
2: ah!
1: soon after.
2: See you later. I'll go yeah. stay in <laughs> a hotel. <laughs> That's amazing.
1: What was your fa- favorite place to investigate?
2: Uh I would say definitely that would have
3: been Waverly. Um Waverly had me in tears. Um it I mean gosh, just thinking about it right now, it I mean I almost cried. <laughs> oh. Um I was s- sitting on the floor and just uh having little kids come to me and you know, afraid that they were going to make me sick. Um, it, it was just, oh gosh, <laughs> mm. and playing with the kids, singing Ring Around the Rosie, going around the poles, um, splashing in the water, because there was uh, places upstairs, up on the roof that they would play in the water, and I was just re- redoing what they were doing. I was spl- There was no water there, obviously, but I was just reenacting what I was seeing them. They had me in tears. I was so moved by that.
2: Wow. It wouldn't be the place, I guess I'd think of, for little children.
3: Yeah, it was, uh, it was, they were there.
2: Go ahead. Yeah. So it, it was a sanatorium, but before that it was for what, tuberculosis or? Yes, uh, oh. it
3: was a TB, yeah. And okay. and the death shoot wasn't scary. I wasn't really drawn to that. I was drawn more so to the top where um, I could see children playing.
2: Wow. Huh. Never heard of that at that particular location.
1: So if you've gone... Have you gone to like uh, uh, a place over several years, and and have you noticed? Well, I guess the reason why I bring this up is because I I think of the Hilton Mansion and North Adams. We we did a, the first original investigation there, and then it eventually became a paranormal hotspot, and we were back several times. But I noticed over the years that the uh, for back a little lack of better words, uh the energy had shifted. There were things that were not there originally but, you know, were there. So when you do you think like when you open up a a uh, paranormal business, I guess you know whether or paranormal attraction, uh, and you have constantly people coming in with with all different uh you know, their own uh, energy as well and and of course uh, you know I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Do you think that is possible that the the energy shifts?
3: I honestly think that, um, you know, people want to own a ghost at a location. I think that those ghosts don't always stay. Um, Mm -hmm. There are times that, you know, you, again, like you said, you might be interacting with something totally different. It might be a hitchhiker. It might be somebody walking down the street. Um, But I think usually um, you will have situations where you'll be interacting with someone else it's not always that spirit Um, even with the equipment we can ask you know who are you who is this and you might get the name Um, But there is, I mean, scientifically, there is no way to prove 100% that that's what it is. We are lucky at the location at Seville Quarter here in Pensacola. um, We do interact with Wesley, um, who died in the cooler. Um, He was 31 years old, and he went in the cooler because he was having a heart attack to cool off. He didn't realize it at the time, but Mm -hmm. he never came out of the cooler. Um, Mm -hmm. He died of hypothermia. Oh, that's that's cool. Yeah.
2: <laughs> nice.
3: Ron. Yeah. No, nice. Yeah. No pun intended.
2: It was. It was.
3: Free. He was freezing. Um. He froze to death. It was cold out there. But yeah, he um. He's a really um. Active spirit, and he does interact. Um I and I think for us, you know, he enjoys doing it. But would I say that he'll always do that? No. Um. But I've seen locations too that don't get any activity. Because maybe those spirits got tired of playing you know they were on mm. stage they don't want to perform
1: anymore so they went home and somebody <laughs> else stepped in <laughs> so, so that you know that talk. brings the thing when when you do an investigation you do especially in a, in a paranormal hotspot or a paranormal attraction then you have the same pe- you have people coming in constantly asking the same stupid questions looking for the same results don't the spirits get tired of it or in Yes, I would I would agree. And so that's the brilliance
3: of, um, I think, our tour. But um, when I see, like Fort Morgan would be an example, you've got so many people that um, could be, a spirit could be at that location. There probably is not a question that would be, Too much to ask, but in a location like that in Seville where if you were to say, did you die of hypothermia, um, that person would probably get irritated. So what we do is we do a little thing different. We don't ask a lot of random uh, questions like that. We just basically honor him and say thank you, uh, Wesley, if you want to talk to us or show us please present and, you know, use this. And we don't ask him a lot of questions. And if he doesn't, we respect that. We're very respectful of him. And I think that's that's why he interacts with us. Um, But I do, I've seen, uh, I've been in those things, too, where it's the same question over and over again. Like with Waverly, you know, they had the child's ward on the top of the the building, and so it would be okay to ask them to roll a ball, but how many times do these kids want to roll a ball for (laughs) you, you know? Uh, They would get tired of rolling balls. Maybe they're wanting something better, like uh, a game, or (laughs) maybe they've gotten over the ball roll, and maybe they want their own computer or iPhone by now.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. How about an iPod? Let's go, <laughs> there you go. play a little music.
1: Do yeah. you, do you f- feel that spirits interact with certain people better than other certain other people?
3: Yeah, I mean <laughs> I mean, because I'm beautiful in chocolate, I think that I do very well <laughs> on plantations.
2: Um
3: very well. I mean, most of the ones I've I've ever walked on, um, I would automatically get, you know, I remember when I was in Buena Vista in, in um in Alabama, um, there was a plantation there and as soon as I walked I got out of my car I was looking at this tree and I could see in another time this man hanging. Uh, that looked like me. He was African-American, and I was like, oh, gosh, why am I seeing this? And, mm. um, But, yeah, I think that certain people, because, like, um, for instance, our lawyer on the team, she really did have a good um, interaction with another lawyer who was dead at the Myrtles. Um, Valerie had a wonderful interaction with a gentleman who had committed suicide because of, you know, a lot of circumstances, but he was also in war. So when she talked about her post uh, her uh, postpartum, not her postpartum, her PSTD
2: mm-hmm. from
3: war, he crossed the dowsing rods on her chest. It was, I mean, and about put her into tears. And it's hard oh. to get Valerie to cry. I mean, mm-hmm. she is tough. So uh. yeah, I think depending on your history and things that you've gone through, um, I'll tell you something really interesting. I had a, a gentleman that I talked to one time who said a spirit saved my life. Because he wanted to commit suicide, and he had someone who came up to him that was a spirit who obviously had committed suicide, somebody he did not know, and psychically talked him out of it. But there was a connection because of the suicide. So I do think that spirits choose us, and they interact with us for different reasons.
1: Mm-hmm. Now we've been. I, I'm very much intrigued by uh, physical mediumship, and I've been studying the red light science for uh, oh, God's ten years now. Uh, every month we 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 sit in a circle and do it, and and to understand it. And one of the things that we always talk about is that when you do have these circles and stuff, you you might have a spirit that will come through, for instance, to a, a uh, a woman uh, because she might resign. Remember, uh, not, might remind her the spirit of her mother or sister or daughter. Uh, and you might get, uh, you know, if for instance, she, you might have a spirit that wouldn't go through a man because maybe her husband was abusive at one time. So I, I think that, that the spirits, like you said, choose us and, and mm-hmm. you have to be open to, be able to accept uh, what's what's coming through.
3: Yeah, you, you're about to make me cry. <laughs> ah. um, in, in Seville, uh, it was a brothel at some point, and we interacted with a little girl who was hiding upstairs um, in a in a back. Well, it would have been a back bedroom at the time, and she was saying, "Where is my mommy?" And when we did a ghost tour recently. Um, I interacted with this little Creole girl, and I could see her, and she was on the, on the ground, and she was hiding. And she told me intuitively, telepathically, he can't come in here. He's not supposed to come in here. And it was a man in our tour, and uh, the kids were in there, and, and the K-2 meters were going off. And when he walked off, walked in, they went silent. Ooh. And so I told him, I said, wait, hold on. I'm sorry. I have a little girl here. She wants you to step back. So Mm -hmm. he went out. It was crazy. Um, The fear in her, like I could feel her fear almost like someone had come in there before at another time in life. And mommy had warned her about this. Mm -hmm. No man could come here. Mm
2: I felt trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's different.
1: Because if you believe spirits are basically the disembodied uh, people, then their fears, their, their, their loves, their likes uh, go with them. Uh, so it, it's, you know, it makes sense. And, and the other thing is, you know, uh, all through the, I mean, I've been noticed for a long time and the people that get the best EVPs are the ones that are respectful to the spirits. Like for instance, uh, you know, um, Mark Nesbitt from uh, Gettysburg, you know, was he, he's excellent EVP. Guy, he can get lots of them, uh, but he's always respectful to the spirits. And, and unfortunately, you get a lot of people that you know aren't that way, which is really a shame because they forget, uh, you know, what they're really dealing with.
3: Yeah, I think sometimes people get in the moment. We I, we've had investigations too, um, not probably just one investigation. I'll speak of where. You know, maybe team members got in the moment, and Mm -hmm. they were wanting to get a reaction from a spirit. Well, the reaction that they got um, affected everybody. Um, My case manager lost her keys that night. Um, one of my my other team members, her house flooded the same night oh. um, broke a main water vine, uh, uh in the house, and I got attacked in the bathtub um, Oh my a God. lot of stuff happened i mean it could be a movie when I think about all the crazy <laughs> stuff that happened so we um you know we we changed our policies and procedures as far as i 've always been very respectful of the dead because they 're living um they're they 're still living with us. Um, but, you know, people have different experiences and understanding and, and desires. Sometimes people want that experience. Well, honey, we got it. And I don't <laughs> ever want to get
1: that experience again. No, no. But no. you also have on, on the other foot, you have spirits that aren't nice spirits. And so in a lot of ways, they don't deserve the respect that you uh, you know, a, a, you know, another spirit might get, do you, I mean, it must be tough for you being a, a medium where you have someone that's particularly nasty or rude or whatever. And how do you handle that as, as a medium and, and with your team?
3: Well, when we interacted with this spirit, uh, we did a, an episode called curse cliffs and then we kind of did more of a spoof off of it, because we had to find some fun out of the terror that we lived for, you know, for a couple months. Um, so we did a spoof called The Hole. Um, in that uh, investigation, one of the guys got his, you know, his his leg scratched same night. All those things happened. Um, my bathroom thing—I literally got like burned on my back, um, oh, visible no. burns. Yeah, in the bathtub, you know, naked and you know, afraid. Um, but what what <laughs> I think, <laughs> what I think uh, for us as a team, we basically learned to respect the dead. Um, there are some spirits that you're not going to be able to respect. You're going to have to leave those alone. If you're on my team you're going to have to have protections and you're going to have to know the difference. Um, those spirits we give to demonologists, not people that say they're demonologists because they got a certificate off line for, you know, $40 and four hours of training. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I turn those cases over to other people. I don't necessarily want to interact with them so much um, if they're negative, negative. Um, And if so, if some of my team wants to, they can, but girlfriend, I'm staying home. (laughs) 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 It is true. Like the movies about us in in horror. We're we're leaving first. We'll let y'all have that.
2: (laughs) So what made you decide to go forward with this uh, to make a TV show as well?
3: Well, it was kind of fun. Um, you know, I, I think we all kind of wanted to um, – my love for the paranormal was being a medium and wanting wanting to show people that it's not as scary other than that one episode. There, there are a lot of messages of love and hope and empowerment that we give, um, that I give, that other mediums and psychics give, that we just have, you know, in our day-to-day interacting with the ones that we know uh, give us messages um, on the other side. Um, but it turned into a film or movies because we were having so much fun we wanted to share it. And, you mm-hmm. know, um, so we started kind of filming them and, you know, we we uh, appeared on our local TV show, um, our local TV, and we were doing like a little series and we we're just having fun and just, mm-hmm. you know not even serious and then we tried to get a little bit more serious we're still learning um and we started making films and we said hey we'll just submit these to the networks and see if they pick them up and we we're on like tubi and um flex and not netflix yet not netflix (laughs) yet not discovery channel yet i'm I'm still (laughs) wanting that that is the goal but uh right now I'm, i'm happy and proud to be able to bring that um with this wonderful team
2: that's that's yeah. pretty cool. Did you so I'm an I work in public access here in Massachusetts. So it's like your local cable TV uh is that how you kind of started out?
3: Yeah, we were on uh if we've got let's say we were on Fox 10, we were on we were on about five different networks uh, weekly.
2: Oh, wow.
1: Okay.
3: Yeah. yeah,
2: that's
1: awesome. So if if somebody wants to find out more about you and your team, where where can they do that, Erica?
3: They would go to secondsiteparanormal dot um, They can go to coldcasepsychic They can go to sight dot com. We also have our own Roku channel, Second Sight Paranormal Roku channel. You can just search for Paranormal okay. and we'll come up. And we cool. do stream. We we love Paraflix uh, with two X's.com. We stream there. Love the platform, and uh, we invite everybody to join and share.
1: Okay, there you go on that one. Fine. So uh, I just want to make sure I get that in all before the uh, end of the show coming up, which is, <laughs> is coming close because we're out of time sometimes. Uh, so going back to you and, and your team, uh, what's some of the absolute best evidence you collected? In other words, you, 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 anybody would look at it and would say, for instance, do you have a photograph that's that's absolutely Proof of the existence of a ghost.
3: We had uh, uh, a team member by the name of Richard Johnson. He is with. He started his own group now, EVP mm. Paranormal. He actually took a photograph, and I hate that he didn't get any credit for it um, uh, because it was on Josh Gates' Expedition X at Fort Morgan. But it was his photograph. And so on record, I want to say that was Richard Johnson's photograph. Um, But Mm -hmm. it is of an apparition in Fort Morgan. I have had uh, EVPs where they'll say, Erica, where is the psychic? And they'll say my name over and over again. (laughs) Um, That was crazy cool. Um, Mm. We have had uh, like apparitions that we've caught on camera bullets moving on camera i mean just some crazy like i don't know we just bring it i think the diversity of our team um and being that most of the women on our team are very psychic and intuitive when you put us all together for some reason we're we're a ghost magnet a spirit Mm -hmm. magnet so it (laughs) works well for
1: us oh you have a lot of fun that's the important thing too yeah
2: every
3: time we do that, that's most important, the respect and fun, because I think, you know, a lot of these teams are just looking for that awe ah moment, that, you know, that Discovery Channel moment, you know. And so they get out of having fun. And when it doesn't, when it's not fun anymore, I don't think you get a lot of evidence. When you're having fun and you're acting silly, the ghosts kind of, I think, like that. So they, they give us stuff. <laughs> you know, I
1: would
2: agree with that. that
1: that's absolutely Right. Because, I mean, you you look at the spiritualist church and uh, even the beginnings, they always played a lot of loud music, always, you know, bringing the vibrations up. And and uh, yeah, it's it's uh, I I really do believe that, that it it does make a difference. So what are the quick questions about spirits? Do they lie, Erica?
3: Um, that's a, a very interesting thing. I have not had a spirit lie to me. What I will say to people is that I'm a filter. So what I've learned to do instead of trying to interpret things, I just give you what I hear, see, feel, taste, and smell. I'm letting you interpret it because they don't lie to us, the ones that I deal with. We just mm-hmm. don't understand what the heck they're saying sometimes. Um, will demons lie to you? Yeah. <laughs> will the <a> spirit <laughs> that loves you lie to you? No.
1: Yeah, so you could distinguish fair. between a demon and a, and a spirit?
3: Um, the only time I have interacted with a demon, uh, the, t- the couple of times, was when I read a Carmen Reed in Arizona and I saw the demon that was haunting her house. Um, And then I will 100% on the record say our Curse Cliffs episode, we did interact with a demonic. Um, And I knew the difference because I was having dreams about this demon way before we actually went on site Mm -hmm. and tormented by that demon in my bathtub.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's the bell, so we got to be wrapping it up. But uh, I have one more uh, quick question is that do you believe that the spirit, where the spirit world is cognizant of uh, different people in our world. For instance, when I started this, I always said if there was a post office in the spirit world, my face would be hanging on it. Uh, so <laughs> do you think that they know who you are and they talk amongst themselves or, or whatever they do? Communicate is a better word probably.
3: Amongst I do themselves. because you look at synchronicities. Um, there are so many people that have been brought into my path Um, that I know divine intervention. There were some conversations up there happening that we know nothing about. Um, I do feel that. I think that they're up there planning and plotting, just like we're down here planning and plotting, but they're not doing it for they're doing it out of love and to help us when we pray i think that we get guidance and sometimes i've i've had grandmas and grandpas and and friends up there i've never met but they've kept me safe and kept my family safe and they can continue that but synchronicity is a real thing and yes they do Mm -hmm. interact and and network us
1: okay we have to wrap it up and uh we want to thank you eric for joining us today so much and uh and you want to say goodbye to everybody for us
2: Oh, yes. Sorry. Thank you for listening, everybody. And we will look forward to seeing you again, talking to you again next week. And thank you so much, Erica.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And here's the new feature that we're doing about. Uh, It's called The Last Word. And uh, basically, it's the last word of somebody who was alive. And we will end the show that way. And this was said by Alistair Crowley, a famous occultist. His famous last words is, I am perplexed, Satan, get out. And that's the last word.